Hello and welcome to Cosmic Musings Presents The Week Ahead, your weekly astrology forecast chat that grants insight into the energetic backdrop of the cosmos each week. I'm Corianne, aka The Witch at the Crossroads, here to grant you clarity and foresight and helping you imbue magic into the mundane. How are you feeling as we move into this week? What are you reading? What are you watching? What is your current hyperfixation? I have been watching The Sopranos for the first time, which has been really interesting. I watch a lot of prestige television, and I, it's really interesting to go back and experience this series for the first time that was so iconic and so formative to what we really consider to be prestige television now. So that's been really interesting. I also saw The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes for the second time this week. I saw it the day it came out, actually, which I don't typically do with movies. And then I went back and saw it with another friend who really wanted to go. And it was worth it. I I never say that it was worth it to sit in a theater for three hours. I just don't have that kind of attention span. But God, this movie was so, such a wonderful adaptation of the book. I have, you know, a lot of praises. I mean, I have my, you know, nitpicky details and thoughts too, but overall just really such a wonderful, wonderful, beautiful movie and such an incredible extension of a series that really allows it to maintain the impact that this series was meant to have while also expanding on like what we know and understand about that world which in the in this day and age of franchises I just you know things get driven into the ground and just extracted for every cent that they're worth and so it's really cool to see such an impactful franchise able to grant us another installment of the story it's telling us in a way that is worthwhile to see and not only worthwhile but also adds to the overall message and the impact of the story so anyways I could talk about that forever um the Hunger Games I have only just this year for the first time experienced the books and the movies and it is probably my biggest hyperfixation of 2023 so anyhow let's move on I could talk about that forever we are entering this week with the sun at 18 degrees Sagittarius the moon at 26 degrees Scorpio so headed into a new moon and as we enter this week we are entering our final full week of Sagittarius season we are coming out of a pretty astrologically active week last week there was a lot going on by way of aspects between planets and as we are entering this week we have Venus kind of slowly moving away from her own opposition to Jupiter the sun has kind of pushed past being an orb of that trine that it made to Chiron. And the trine between Jupiter and Mercury that perfected last week is also slowly disseminating, which things with Mercury typically aren't too slow, but we do have Mercury really slowing its own pace as it prepares to halt and station retrograde, which we will get to. So we are moving into this week with things at a fairly similar pace as far as astrological activity, as far as what to expect as far as how much astrological activity we'll see this week. So let's go ahead and jump right in. On Monday, December 11th, we have a fairly calm day to kick the week off. We will see a lunar ingress into Sagittarius on Monday, and that is happening at 6.10 a.m. Eastern, so pretty early. We're basically starting the week with the moon in Sagittarius applying to the conjunction to the sun that will bring us to the new moon in Sagittarius. 
So that brings us to Tuesday, December 12th. The moon will spend the greater part of the day moving through Sagittarius, crossing over Mars and then shining Chiron as it makes its way towards the sun. And that brings us to the new moon in Sagittarius, which perfects at 6.32 p.m. Eastern at 20 degrees Sagittarius. Now, of course, as we all know, new moons present us with the beginning of a new lunar cycle, but they also bring us to a moment where the skies are dark. We have no source of external light. We don't have a celestial source of illumination. And so as such, new moons call us to turn to our senses outside of sight. They ask us to look inward for a sense of knowing rather than demanding the proof through vision and through seeing something in order to know it or believe it. So of course, new moons grant us these moments of new beginnings. But when we're really breaking down the components of the phases of the moon and what they offer us energetically, new moons really serve as these moments to look inward and ask ourselves to be guided by what we feel and what we intuit rather than what is being illuminated around us. And so as we plant these seeds of intention with the new moon that we wish to grow to fruition with the lunar cycle, we are being asked to move through a process of inner engagement, of intuiting and clarifying from within what it is we wish to bring into fruition or even perhaps how the best way to go about it is rather than moving straight towards these actionable steps that may possibly rely more heavily on or may be effectively better effectively executed with external illumination of outside factors. For this reason, new moons bring us ideal moments for divination, for meditation, for clearing out excess and clutter, either literal or figurative, in order to help achieve a sense of calm and homeostasis that will center us and help us have a more clear vision of what direction we might be headed from here or what direction we should be moving ourselves in from here. So with all of that in mind, this brings us to this particular new moon in Sagittarius. We have the luminaries meeting up at 20 degrees Sagittarius. The luminaries here will be answering to Jupiter at six degrees Taurus. And this isn't a very heavily aspected new moon. We have a wide trine to Chiron, who is at 15 degrees Aries. So that's a five degree orb. And we have another square that's a fairly wide orb to Neptune at 20 four, sorry, 24 degrees Pisces. So that's just to say that the influences of these two planets are going to be operating on a pretty subtle level for this new moon. And being that these are both slow-moving planets, both much slower than each of the luminaries, this new moon may be more so providing influence and information regarding the long-term stories of Chiron and Aries and Neptune and Pisces, rather than these two planets imparting their own energetic influence on how we experience this new moon. So with this new moon being in Sagittarius, we're working with this proclivity to aim higher and with precision, we're seeking singular answers that help shape our philosophical perspectives. This new moon presents an ideal moment of focusing in on the house occupied by Sagittarius in your own chart and perhaps really looking inward to determine what questions you should be asking yourself there, or rather even what singular truth do all of the questions that you have around that area of your life right now lead you to, and how does that inform where you go from here? So that is the new moon in Sagittarius. 
Moving forward to Wednesday, December 13th, we have Mercury stationing retrograde at 8 degrees Capricorn. And that station happens at 2.09 a.m. Eastern, so still Tuesday night depending on your time zone. And it also means that when we all wake up on Wednesday morning, no matter what time zone you're in, you will be waking up to the third and final Mercury retrograde of 2023. Fourth, if you count the fact that we moved into 2023 on a Mercury retrograde. Anyways, this Mercury retrograde will span from 8 degrees Capricorn to 22 degrees Sagittarius. And it will carry us into 2024. It will only last a couple of days as we transition into 2024, but it will see us through the end of 2023. And as always, I will step on my triannual soapbox of letting you know that Mercury retrogrades, retrogrades in general, are nothing to fear. They are nothing to dread. They are not out here to wreck your life. Mercury retrogrades occur when Mercury has veered too far away from the sun on the ecliptic, and so it needs to be reeled back in. And so similarly, energetically, Mercury retrogrades offer us a moment to reel ourselves back in and take a look at what needs refining and revisiting. Mercury retrogrades occur at the timing that Mercury is its closest to the Earth, and as such, Mercury retrogrades our drawing our attention to the nitty-gritty and to the details. It wants us to get up close and take a look at those things that we have maybe been glossing by and looking too far from a zoomed-out perspective to really see whether or not they're actually working for us. Oftentimes, the things that quote-unquote go wrong during Mercury retrogrades are actually things that weren't really going that right to begin with, that they were things that were kind of inevitably going to hiccup at some point, but Mercury retrograde is just when they kind of reach their capacity and cannot be ignored anymore. Mercury retrograde is asking us for intervention and asking us to intervene into those things that need our attention, that need adjusting and resetting. Retrogrades are simply a cosmic recalibration, bringing a planet back into equilibrium, and Mercury retrogrades are no exception to that. Being that this retrograde falls in the sign of Capricorn, the focus this time around is going to be a recalibration around the details regarding our plans and ideas around the future and our ambitions, those things that we are working really hard at materializing and bringing into being in a very disciplined way. Being in Capricorn, this Mercury retrograde might bring our attention to some things that we need to bring a little bit more discipline to, that we need to take a little bit more of a rigid approach around. It may ask us to take a look at the areas of our life where we are in relation to positions of authority and leadership, and perhaps it is asking us if we are ready to step into more leadership and more responsibility, or conversely, you know, how we're currently handling our responsibilities and leadership roles. As always, since we're dealing with Mercury, communication is a big part of all of this, and there may be a big emphasis on externalizing communications around needs in all of these things, in authority, leadership, responsibility, ambitions, and our visions that we are working to materialize, our goals and ambitions that we are looking to traverse realms in that Capricornian way and bringing things out of the depths and into being, into a really visible and prominent place within our lives. 
Now, of course, this retrograde is also spanning back into Sagittarius. And by the time Mercury makes it back into Sagittarius, we will be in Capricorn season. And so there may be a little bit of an extra layer of having to revisit some stuff from Sagittarius season. Perhaps maybe some of the ideas and visions we're having right now are a little bit too grandiose and need to be brought back and kind of refined. Being that this Mercury retrograde will feature the first half answering to Saturn in Pisces and the second half answering to Jupiter in Taurus, I think there's this strong juxtaposition within this Mercury retrograde cycle of kind of confronting these ideas between grandiosity and practicality. We have typically practical and rigid Saturn in the sign of Pisces that is definitely known for its dreaminess and ethereality and its vision and imagination. And we have Jupiter who is grandiose and excessive in practical and stable Taurus. And so there's kind of this switch up in comfort. And I think that, you know, with that in mind, we can kind of approach this Mercury retrograde with the idea that we may need to work at finding a middle ground between those things and doing it in ways that are maybe a little bit uncomfortable, maybe a little bit unexpected, but that ultimately have the potential to orient us towards our vision of our own ambitions in a way that is optimistic yet stable and practical and coming from a really solid foundation. I also think there's something incredibly poignant about this Mercury retrograde falling over the holidays. The holidays are famously a time of a lot of pressure and a lot of pressure to move quickly and to do a lot. The holidays are a time of a lot of excessiveness from a lot of different angles and It's really easy to get caught up in all of that. But I think that the fact that we are entering the height of this holiday season with Mercury retrograde is just a really big call to slow down. We are being offered a moment to approach all of those RE words that are very typically emphasized during Mercury retrogrades. Those needs to reflect and reassess and revisit. I think that this holiday season and juxtaposed with a Mercury retrograde is an invitation to revisit all of those words in relation to the holidays and ask ourselves what parts of the holidays are you know truly important to us and what parts aren't and how can we protect our own peace and keep our eyes on our own vision and our own needs and approach it in a really practical way. And that might look like prioritizing spending time with certain people over others. That might look like prioritizing the way we're spending our money, the kind of social atmospheres that we are putting ourselves in, and just really thinking about how we want to approach those things and revisiting how we center those in our lives through the holiday season. All right. And so also on Wednesday, December 13th, we have a lunar ingress into Capricorn and that is happening at 1031 a.m. So we're kicking Mercury retrograde off with a bit of a co-presence between Mercury and the moon, which I think is a really helpful little bonus when it comes to starting Mercury retrograde from a more inward place before kind of jumping to these external things. 
That brings us to Thursday, December 14th. The moon will continue to move through Capricorn, trining Uranus as it does so, and squaring the lunar nodes at the very end of the day. And so on Friday, December 15th, still Thursday the 14th, if you are not on the East Coast, we have the sun in Sagittarius trining the north node in Aries, and that is happening with each of those celestial points or bodies at 22 degrees of their respective signs. Really 22 and 58 arc minutes, um, so basically 23. And of course, this means that we also have a supportive sextile being made to the south node in Libra. And this is just a moment that is offering us a supportive energy around considering how we are centering our expression of self and pursuit of our personal expansion as it pertains to this journey that we've been on with the lunar nodes moving through the Aries-Libra axis particularly as this pertains and relates to this process of moving towards embracing growth and evolution in expression of self. And that is perfecting at 12.53 a.m. Eastern, so basically happening Thursday night if you are anywhere other than the East Coast. And if this is an aspect, a transit that you are wanting to go a little bit deeper into, if you are in a kind of time of working closely with the nodes, if your natal nodal axis is on the Aries Libra axis, so you are in your nodal return or opposition, you may find it helpful to consider when the sun last trined the north node, which was during Leo season, and that happened around August 20th with the north node and the sun each at 26 degrees of their respective signs. And so it may just be helpful to kind of look at you know, where you were in orientation to that nodal axis being on the Aries-Libra axis and what themes have kind of best presented themselves as that journey has continued. And of course, centering how you as an individual have related to that Aries-Libra axis and the kind of story of evolution that is unfolding there for you. Now, as we move further into the day on Friday, December 15th, we have a lunar ingress into Aquarius. Of course, just before the moon moves into Aquarius, it will cross over Pluto at 28 degrees Capricorn and then make that ingress into Aquarius at 12.55 p.m. Eastern. Now, finally, on Friday, December 15th, we also have a supportive trine perfecting between Mars in Sagittarius and Chiron in Aries, and that is perfecting at 5.39 p.m. Eastern. This supportive trine is, I think it's a very interesting one because it's a little bit counterintuitive to see kind of aggressive, malefic Mars as something that can offer us support when it comes to this process of alchemizing our wounding into our gifts and working through our pain in order to kind of grow into ourselves and step into a sense of empowerment. But I think that there's something really rich and potent there when you really look at it. This supportive trine is offering us a moment to consider where our own anger comes into play when it comes to our personal healing process and confronting and alchemizing our own pain and wounding. Anger is something that gets a rap as being a bit shameful and kind of this negative 
thing to express in a lot of ways. And don't get me wrong, depending on how you express it, it really can be. But anger can be incredibly profound and powerful that when properly directed can really truly facilitate a lot of change and stimulate productive flow of things that we're struggling with. I think that sometimes the first step in in actively engaging the healing process can be rooted in recognizing and giving name to anger. Technically, it is the second stage of grief, uh, which I don't know how much I subscribe to that model, as I think that grief is a lot more complex than a linear journey of, you know, specific steps, but I digress. Ultimately, what I'm getting at here is that anger, when identified and honored and acknowledged for what it is, really has the potential to motivate and compel profound processes. Allowing yourself to identify and direct that anger is something that stands to really help you pinpoint what it is that needs to change, what it is that needs that transformation, and what it is that is going to help you step into a more empowering place. And the other Martian component here is action. The trine between Mars and Chiron is spurring a sense of initiative and action around our own sense of wounding and how we can allow our actions to grant us a sense of jurisdiction and agency over how we utilize our wounds and the gifts that we glean from those wounds. So in other words, how we take action and direct and utilize what we personally deem to be the gifts that our wounding and experiences of pain grant us. Now, finally, we move to Saturday, December 16th. We have the moon continuing to move through Aquarius, and in the process, it will square Venus in Scorpio, and then shortly after, Uranus in Taurus. And in the evening of Saturday, December 16th, we have the sun in Sagittarius squaring Neptune in Pisces, and that perfects at... 10:39 p.m. Eastern with each of those planets at 24 degrees of their respective signs. This aspect is creating a powerful tension between the Sagittarian drive to explore and expand and the Piscean pull of descending into the poetic mystery of watery depths. These two signs are, in essence, two faces of spirituality, and they present us with two ends of a spectrum as to how we, as humans, engage with the spiritual. With Sagittarius, we have this explorative and at times dogmatic approach to spirituality through its use as a tool to seek and prop up a spiritual truth, a singular truth. Sagittarius brings us into our inclination as humans to utilize spirituality as something that helps us expand and grow and relate to the world on a larger level while seeking a singular truth of what our human experience means. Whereas with Pisces, we have this much more kind of woo-woo uh, relationship to spirituality, if you will. It's felt spirituality. It's that oneness of everything. It's the pursuit of spirituality in search of a feeling or even rather for a release from certain feelings. And by that, I just mean kind of like that search of spirituality as a tool to kind of release from the confines of being human. And so a square between the sun, our sense of drive and ego, juxtaposed with Neptune, this symbol of collective unconscious and imaginative and artistic orientation of the collective, is 
perhaps asking us to consider our relation to spirituality and how we use it as a tool of ego versus how we use it as a tool to orient ourselves to the collective and having compassion for the collective. Being that this is a square, so a tension-filled aspect, an aspect of internal pressure, and we're dealing with Neptune, there is definitely an air of fogginess and confusion with this aspect, which may lend itself to a sense of confusion on where your ability to shine as an individual fits into a more compassionate spiritual orientation towards the collective. Or perhaps it may lend itself towards feeling some confusion around how your sense of self and your ego and identity fit into spirituality in general. This definitely isn't an easy aspect by any means, and folks who have prominent placements in later degrees of the mutable signs, so Sagittarius, Pisces, Gemini, and Virgo, are probably going to be feeling this one quite a bit more sensitively. Within this square, both the Sun and Neptune are both answering to Jupiter in Taurus, and so I think that that kind of provides the key towards mitigating the challenging energy of this, the confusion of this, because we're being provided this energetic influence of approaching this from a place of a little bit of more grounded stability and practicality when it comes to, you know, what comes up with this square. And finally, that brings us to Sunday, December 17th. We have a lunar ingress into Pisces at 2.58 p.m., which does mean that we have a conjunction to Saturn happening on Sunday. But other than that, nothing too vigorous. So we're starting and ending the week with days that are fairly calm, But we are packing a lot in between with a Sagittarian new moon, Mercury stationing retrograde, more trines being made to Chiron in the North Node both in Aries as we continue to move through Sagittarius season. So that has been the week of December 11th to December 17th. Thank you so much for joining me. If you are interested in working one-on-one with me, my books are open currently with my December availability. And just a reminder on how that process works, you will book directly onto my Google Calendar. You will immediately receive a link to a Google Meet invite for our session, and you will very shortly receive a follow-up email from me with an invoice and a Google form that serves as an intake form to allow us to kind of have a little bit of a dialogue around what it is that you want to get out of our session together. And my one-on-one hour-long sessions are 85 for returning clients and 95 for new clients. There is a link to book a session in the show notes down below if you are interested in that. If you are listening to this, you may, may very well have found me on Substack, in which case welcome. Here you are. You're already here. If you are finding me on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, which we are now available, you can find me on Substack as well through the link tree that is linked in my show notes. In addition to having the week ahead delivered directly to your inbox every Sunday morning, you will also receive occasional reflective mini essays from me as well. We're working at bi-weekly. I'm not making any promises at this point. But I did publish my most recent installation of Cosmic Musings 
this past week on Wednesday. So check that out. There's also a link to that in my link tree in the show notes here. And of course, if you are listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, I have to do the obligatory, please subscribe and review. You can find me on Instagram at the witch at the crossroads, the whole phrase just spelled out like it is. And that is probably the most direct way to be in the loop around offerings and various things that I'm doing as we continue to move out of 2023 and into 2024. I'm really excited for some workshops and offerings that I am putting together and really envisioning and starting to kind of bring into being now. So that's the most direct way to kind of stay in the loop on news there and Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you move into the week with ease and clarity. And don't forget to make space for the magical amidst the mundane.